Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another edition of your favorite sporting podcast, your favorite podcast, your favorite hockey podcast, favorite pod, your favorite cast, everything. It's your favorite. And uh, it's a great to have you on board once again. I'm talking about hockey, the podcast, talking your favorite sport. And with me, as always, is your favorite presenter, Tyron Jabu Barnard. How are you, Ty? Yeah, good. Uh, whatever time of the day you're listening, everybody, to you, Derek. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely great to to be back together in another uh, virtual world. I mean, we're obviously not together in the same place because, you know, the world has changed and, and we don't have to be to, to bring you all of this. It also means we can chat with people from far and wide all together at the same time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Last week, we spent some time with the new caps from the indoor hockey women's side ahead of the African Indoor Cup. So I said, what's the best way to follow that up? And that is to pick the old boys in the men's side. (laughs) And by old, I mean, these guys are the guys whose hockey sticks have both the use of being a weapon of mass destruction and also a walking stick after the game. Um, and uh, luckily they're all on mute, so you can't hear them swearing at me. But uh, yeah, tonight with us is from the Blitzstocks. We have Captain Jethro Eustace, who has been on Hockey the Podcast before. We have uh, Justin Domlio, who is looking to try and qualify for his third in the Hockey World Cup. And of course, Rustin Abrahams, who along with the, the, the other two, did go to... Um, the 2018 Indoor Hockey World Cup and a part of the squad who are looking to try and qualify next weekend uh, for the 2021 Indoor Hockey World Cup, which is taking place in 2022 because of the COVID pandemic. So, gentlemen, welcome um, and uh, thanks for joining us. What people don't know is it is far past all of our bedtimes, but we're all sitting up to... Uh, to watch hockey we, we we went this late justin so that you could put your kids to sleep first so i'm very you know kind <laughs> like that thanks Chaps. but yeah i mean gents how are you feeling and 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 how are things going ahead of the african indoor cup taking place next weekend yeah i'll jump in there uh good evening Derek. good evening Tar. how you guys uh thanks for having us again we do really appreciate it obviously hockey doesn't get the exposure it deserves and especially indoor hockey and we're grateful that we get this chance to speak but yes as you said there Tar, i think it's exciting i think we've got finally we get a chance to put a squad together to play some competitive hockey um i think last year we did a very good uh proactive uh work getting our energies getting our culture building getting our, our physical conditioning going together like you said on a virtual aspect not really on a on a getting together aspect so last year was a bit tedious i think a lot of the guys didn't really get a chance to to yeah interact and also be on a competitive level of of playing in the hockey i think that's probably been the hardest thing is we haven't really had a chance to play uh, and also play against each other or with each other in, in an obviously various tournaments that were supposed to take place at the beginning of the year. But yeah, at least now we get a chance. The squad has been put together and it's been quite exciting because even though we might have only selected 12 uh, for the African Cup, we've introduced, like, I think, four guys to come to the camp, which obviously are in case of, of any incidences, but at the same time, it, it gives us strength to our squad. So very exciting. Finally, we get our group together for the first time. I think it's going to be one of those... Uh, start off, hit the ground running and see how far we can go type situations. Yeah, and yourself, Justin, obviously um, it's 
been a little while for a lot of competitive hockey action for you. Yeah, it has been a long time, Jobs. Um, evening, everyone. And yeah, it's it's great to be back on the court. I'm actually back in Durban already. I've been back here for a week training with the Durban guys. So that's been great. But as Jet said, last year, it was a bit of a frustrating point because we weren't able to get back onto the court. We did fortunately continually train together, whether it was virtually online, um, just submitting times every week, things like that. So it did keep us going last year. But very excited to get back onto the court with the guys and play some competitive com- competitive hockey again. And uh, just we've got to ask about uh, Malawi, the training over there. <laughs> um, very limited with a stick and ball. Uh, it's all <laughs> it's all my own running and sprinting and things like that that I can do. But yeah, it's definitely a few cobwebs to get out. Um, hopefully during the camp and this build-up phase now, and hopefully can be fit and good to go by the time the tournament starts. We've got to ask about the Malawian connection because I mean, there's no question it's it's a beautiful country. Um, but What's it like staying there, playing for SA, jumping back and forth? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been challenging, um, but I've been very fortunate to have a very supportive family, supportive work environments, and supportive teammates and coaching staff that allow me to do it and are open to me doing this. So it, it, does, it has been challenging, um, but it's where work's taken me. Um, I think between the 2015 and 2018 World Cup, I spent my time in Mozambique, so it's not I'm not a strange to it. I am used to having to do this. Um, but yeah, not ideal by any means. But you're a hockey player. You don't need to work for a living. <laughs> oh, I wish we I wish we could play professional. <laughs> that that's the dream. That's the dream. That's why we keep on doing what we do to try and give you guys as much coverage as possible. Funny enough, though, I'm just thinking now, Ty. I mean, Jet has been on you more more than once, surely. I mean, he's, I it, he's, he's sneaky, sneaky in every now and again, but he's only yeah, the I, one dedicated. Oh, okay. Because I, I think I remember uh, a couple of years back when Bob Skinsett was still playing and he was on a radio show, on Darren, Man, Dar- Darren Scott's show, uh, so often that Jonathan Kaplan once said, listen, your job is to play rugby. My job is to speak. I know you think you speak all the time on radio. And it's almost getting to the case of Jets in my mind because I always think that he's always on you. <laughs> Well, listen, Derek. It's going to be interesting to see when the when the when the boots and the stick has to be uh, put up and and rested and let let the other youngsters to have a go. Because I might have to come and join you guys for the hockey magazine in the future and keep the voice and the the hockey pun, pundits going. Yeah, I think that probably is a good plan. Bob Skint has done it. I think I probably could do it for hockey as well. Oh, you're always welcome. <laughs> well, and, and, in a heartbeat. And- yeah, that door's open. There's a seat open. And, uh, you know, in, in all fairness, it's not like Derek's that's a kid in his seat either. So, Justin, there's, there's two spaces. Um, he just pays the salaries. Um, but, uh, Rustin, you're a little bit further from putting the stick up, maybe an extra year or two. Uh, uh, the, the COVID has obviously affected you fantastically in the sense that it really has robbed you guys at Vits of a, a great a great squad that had been formed and, and stuff. It's obviously also robbed you of the opportunity to play uh, a lot of indoor. How, how have you coped and, and how's the mindset right now? Um, yeah, it's been quite a tough year. Obviously, uh, we lost quite a few of our players. But this year, we've actually gained a lot of youngsters. So I think we can still um, 
win the league for a third time in a row. But um, yeah, you know, luckily for me, I'm still in the outdoor setup as well. So in training constantly, actually came from training right now about an hour ago. So yeah, I'm just keeping fit, keeping my mind active and, you know, just pushing on to um, be the best and as far as I can be. Eh? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I spoke to Ricky West and he's a, another friend of the show uh, and, and Sports Republic have been uh, great friends of ours. But um, I spoke to Ricky West the other day and he was just saying that, uh, you know, it's been frustrating because uh, it's um, a team that had, had done really well. It was a team that he had, you guys had really probably had your your top players going into peak now. Um, and that's been robbed. And and again, we also talk about national players, Jethro and, and Rustin. You're both part of the Olympic squad, um, which is going to get trimmed in the near future down to a, a smaller squad. And and one of the things that's been very viral lately is uh, the match kit crowdfunding. We know that the Bloodstocks had to do some crowdfunding for 2018. I mean, guys, it must just be get to a point where you've just completely had enough of, of that. Yeah, it is quite tough, but I think if we, we have that mindset, then I don't think we'll be able to move forward. Luckily, we have a hockey community that's really supportive and that's trying to get behind us. And I think that motivates us as players to keep pushing, to keep looking for that extra couple of hundred or whatever to get us to where we want to be. So if I look back to 2018, it was quite a, a tricky year for us with crowdfunding, but like once again, we have that big support in our hockey community that helped got us to the end of the World Cup, and we are just eternally thankful for that. Well, and, and one of the things, sorry, Dave, I just wanted to interject <laughs> there because at least one of the things that has happened is on the indoor side, um, the guys, you don't have the backing that Spa have given the ladies, but at least with tops, there is a degree of, of backing. And uh, Jethro, I mean, you've been in a lot of squads that haven't had any backing. It must be nice to have some sort of support. No, I think tops, yeah, Ty, I think tops have been incredible. I think actually, to be fair, they were quite helpful for our uh, uh, World Cup qualifier in 2017. I think they came on board and, and gave us a big contribution to get us to Swakopmund and and then eventually qualify for the World Cup. And then when we looked at trying to raise the actual amounts for uh, Berlin in 2018, it was then that also stuck up their hand and gave us a, a lot of support, maybe not the full extent, because obviously that's, it was quite an expensive trip. And, and I think this process is going to be the same. They're here to support us to hopefully qualify for the World Cup, uh, obviously for the African Cup. And in two weeks' time, and and we're truly grateful for that. But then again, as as long as we, yeah, as long as we keep them happy, I hope they can continue supporting us all the way because it's been exciting and it's been tremendous to see the amount of growth that this squad has been been given over the last two years. Um, and I think the results will speak for themselves. So it's probably a nice brand to be a part of, and hopefully we can continue our support and their support with us. Um, our tops, sorry if I said it incorrectly there, but your yeah, tops has been incredible. I think uh, they do they do the the behind the scenes work that we actually don't really uh, see a lot of the time. I think there was a conversation over the last two days about how much work they do they're doing for us behind the scenes. Um, and obviously we thank those that are doing all the the, the the actual admin work for that. But yeah, we're incredibly proud to be with the spa 
Tops brand, as we got uh, the boys of the shirts there, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we're grateful for them. And yeah, it gives us the opportunity to try and at least play. I mean, obviously, we spoke about the Olympic process and the outdoor guys, how they're trying to raise the funds. But at least now the indoor guys for the next two weeks just really need to focus on playing and getting the, the best out of the guys and, and the group going forward. And hopefully we qualify for the World Cup and then see what that dynamic leads towards uh, next year, Feb 2022. Justin, there's no question that in order to get sponsors, you need you need eyes on the product. And I um, mean, that's ideally why sponsors come on board. I was first introduced to indoor hockey uh, about two years ago when I uh, went down to Derbs. Myself and Ty were commentating during the, the ladies uh, series uh, featuring Botswana and Zimbabwe. And I, I was blown away. Uh, I mean, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. And, and the sport really, really opened my eyes. Does it just infuriate you when you want to shake people and say come watch you don't know what you're missing out on because it's so so good yeah i mean Derek, that's really a good point it, it's it doesn't fear me it, it there is so much action particularly around indoor hockey that's obviously where i play most of my hockey all of my hockey these days and it's really exciting i just look at what psr's done and the excitement that the kids get on watching the the psr tournaments and I really believe that this is a, an exciting format of the game, just like the Sevens rugby would be for the rugby format, the mm-hmm. T cricket would be in the cricket format. And so I do think there is there should be a bigger crowd support and bigger interests, I think, if people actually watch some of the, the top games. The pity is that we don't get that many those many that many games, um, international games in, in country. So it's a vicious circle because you need the games to be able to get the attraction. And to start it off. So the Swiss series that we had in 2019, I think it was, um, it was quite well supported, but unfortunately we had some problems on the court at the time, but it was great to have an international country outside of Africa coming in to, to play against us. And hopefully in the future that will grow and that will hopefully help with the support base. Got to ask about the, the Berlin World Cup. Uh, how is this squad different from, from the one that took part in that? Oh, it's a lot younger, I think. Mm-hmm. There's some really exciting players um, coming through from PSR. And yeah, just to be part of the squad is, a, is an incredible achievement, I think. And it's an, it's an honor to be playing alongside a lot of these guys. Um, I feel like I'm definitely at the end of my hockey career playing a lot with these youngsters. I think there's some guys half my age in the team. But it's awesome. And they really are talented youngsters. And it's great to see so much enthusiasm and energy in hockey because starting back from 2015, you know, you kind of made the squad and there was only really 12 players that you could pick from. I mean, even then it was a scratch to get to 12 players. Now we're just blessed with having such a a big base to choose from. Um, I think it's great. It's definitely growing. And yeah, I think the the side that goes to the World Cup in next year in 2022, I think it's going to be a really exciting good team and I think there's there's a possibility of making some hard you know some good upsets at that World Cup yeah and obviously in this team for the Indoor Cup I mean there are two notably uh, missing players in uh, Jared Jones and Ryan Julius impacted by COVID uh, unable to travel without quarantine very difficult to get back overseas where they are playing the hockey but obviously that opens up the opportunity and, and we don't need to point out who pl- which players have been directly called up uh, as a result of that. But um, 
you know, somebody has benefited from this. Rust and you yourself, uh, if we go back to Swakopmund in 2017, um, yeah, uh, I mean, you were the newbie in the squad along with Wade Payton, which seems like a, a bit of a, a crazy thought that you and Wade made your debuts together. But you were the newbie in the squad, and you are now one of the experienced campaigners in the squad. What are the guys that are going to take part uh, against Namibia and Botswana next weekend? I mean, what what's going to help them settle into their role quite quickly? I think a big thing about when I made my official debut was having a team that supports you. So if I think the three of us can be that real supportive role for the youngsters and settle them in in that first game, I honestly think that they'll flourish, eh? We have a really young team, if you could say that, seeing now that I'm, I'm adding to the, the average age and not minusing to it. But yeah, I think we have some really good players. And I think if they get settled in that first game, I don't think we really have to worry if they're flustered or not. And and again, I mean, uh, Rustin, obviously, I, I watched you in Swakopmund. Um, and, and again, I mean, what many people don't know is uh, I uh, I was there. I was staying at the venue because I was covering both the guys and girls. Uh, I, was, I was offered accommodation with the guys, but you stayed quite far away in like hostel type of accommodation. And Again, it's it's just the kind of sacrifices you guys make to represent the country. Um, but if we go back there, that 2017, we played Zimbabwe and Namibia. And in truth, uh, we were very dominant over Zimbabwe. We were quite poor in our first game against uh, Namibia. Uh, Coach Pierre Leroux was very relaxed. I think it was a 3-3 draw, if I remember correctly, the score. We comfortably beat them in the second game. And we got to the final and it was one of those typical final games. You know, everything rests on one game. It was a game of few chances. And uh, one of the, the chances actually fell to you, Justin. And uh, is that the worst goal you've ever scored in your life? DJ, the Namibian keeper, is an incredible keeper. <laughs> and I think he kicks himself to this day for letting that run go past him. That was the, the biggest wounded rabbit I've ever scored. And um, yeah, I'm chuffed it went through. <laughs> I mean, and, and for those who didn't see it, um, it, I mean, this is Justin who, if you go and, and look at pictures of him, you can't go and find him on social media, but you can go find pictures of him on social media and he'll be flying through midair. He'll be uh, parallel with the ground, horizontal, very Superman-like whooping shots in that uh, in, in a very Tane Rohoff kind of way. In fact, Tane can't actually jump like you can. He's uh, yeah, a lot. A lot Only because he's older. Yeah, he's older. Um, and if he falls, it hurts him a bit more. But um, you know, and the, this he was a complete miss. It it bobbled and somehow, you know, DJ let it through, and we ended up winning the game two one. Um, but it was also obscene because straight away we had a prize giving and we had to go to the airport and fly. And at the same time, the the woman had uh, had a real disappointment. Um, how, how hard was it? And all three of you were there, but how hard was it to celebrate while still being supportive of the ladies? And and how long did it take for that moment to sink in? Jed. So I'll start off by just yeah. before the, I mean, we obviously saw the, the end because it went to shootouts. So we were sitting waiting at the edge of the field to start our, our game, our final, and had to watch the, the shootouts. 
And very disappointing seeing the ladies, unfortunately, lose that. And, yeah, we had to quickly pull ourselves together and forget what had just happened and concentrate on our game. And I still remember I was chatting with the guys saying, let's forget it, not worry about what just happened, focus on our game and we can deal with it afterwards. It was very rushed afterwards. It was mixed emotions. I mean, we were celebrating knowing that we were going to the World Cup, but at the same time felt sorry for the ladies who unfortunately didn't qualify. So very mixed emotions at the time. Yeah, and yeah, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. Sorry, I'll jump in there. It's hard to actually express that type of feeling because again, like Justin said, it's it's like one of those where we we were actually almost in tears while they were coming off the field to then try and get ourselves back up to to really try and get our results. And then after the game, we were like pretty much obviously um, ecstatic that we got our result, but knew that we were meeting the girls at the airport at the same time. So it was one of those that actually reminds you of what two weeks time is going to be about. It's, it's literally down to a game that can literally go to a shootout. It could go to anything that leads towards the, the, the disappointment or the, the, the excitement. So I think there's, yeah, quite, yeah, like you bring up a good memory, but also a tough memory to also understand that that could go the wrong way. And we, we need to be ready for, the, for, for not, not allowing that to happen, obviously, but ready for the fact that there's two teams trying to qualify for World Cup and we've got to be a supportive as possible and I know a lady side have put some tremendous work over the last four years I think they've got a really really good squad together and it's exciting to see what they could probably do I think they're in a probably a more stronger comfortable position than the, the men's side at the moment because they've had quite a lot of training camps and 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 getting the squad together so they're probably in a little bit more of a stronger position than the men's side are but it could be quite exciting when both teams on on that final day of the 18th of April, getting getting what we what we always wanted as a qualification for both teams to go to the end of World Cup, could be quite a nice uh, could be quite a nice feeling. Jetta, I'll play devil's advocate quickly. So the ladies failed to qualify, the men did, but uh, unfortunately things didn't quite go all your way. Um, uh, still a, a, a tad of disappointment that uh, you didn't make the most of the opportunity having qualified. Yeah, I think that uh, yeah, if, we, if we're looking at the World Cup itself, it was quite a it was quite a tough challenge. I think we we really went with a very similar squad uh, that we took to Sokopmund, and I think we didn't really hit our straps um, when we arrived. I think we were very eye open to the occasion. I think we had quite a lot of guys that went to their first World Cups, and the older guys really giving us advice. But it was quite a challenge because I think we played a couple of warm up games, and we thought we knew that it was going to be a certain dynamic for our team. And when we got to the World Cup, it just seemed that things were a little bit left short and we weren't doing the right end of the scale like as professional as possible for both match preparation and also post-match uh, analysis. And I think that maybe let us down slightly um, because those games were, I mean, we just look, I've watched a couple of those games more recently and, and the game against Russia was our first game at the World Cup. And to be fair, if we look at the stats, I'm not, Going on a stat, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a stats man, but if we go on the stats, we, we probably had the same amount of opportunity, not necessarily, maybe one or two less, but pretty much the same amount. We lost 5 0, and that was a clear eye opener for us because we weren't ready for, I suppose, those occasions to put the ball in the back of the net. And then we looked at, at playing Austria the next day, who then obviously wasn't the world champs, but became the world champs of the tournament. And that was probably the, the best performance we put out but it was because we really stuck to our guns and really put something together that, that showed that we could be competitive in that thing. So when you look at like what you're saying, Derek, is like we probably enjoyed a bit of what the World Cup was about, but we didn't really 
reach our, our, our expectation and our requirements of, of being a, a positive indoor nation. And maybe coming back to Justin's point is this squad tends to look a little bit bigger and, and be a bit more professional now with the, the new squad getting selected for AFCON. That probably could give us a good a, a good chance of, of competing, obviously, at the African Cup first and then maybe at the World Cup with getting a bit better results because I think we sort of we sort of on that professional mindset. There's quite a lot of guys that have got quite a lot of insights in how we can be a little bit better and we've got a nice support staff that are giving us already so much information that we really want uh, to be the best that we can be. So, yeah, I think, like you're saying, we didn't really reach our potential at the last World Cup, but it's given us, obviously, insight to try and see if we can be probably better and more focused and ready for for this next process going forward for the hopefully the 2022 World Cup. Yeah, and, and, and before we look forward at AFCON, I, I, I want to continue looking back a little bit. And, and, Justin, you've had the experience of not one World Cup, but two World Cups, although... They may feel quite different because one was uh, almost a hockey fives kind of thing, a five-a-side team. Uh, one was a six-a-side team. Uh, you know, obviously the the prep for the first one was pretty poor. Uh, we've had Ryan Hack on the show talking about how, you know, we just didn't have games. The prep for 2018 was a lot better because of uh, PSI, although, uh, you know, there, there's a a bit of criticism in, in the organization for uh, creating or, or, or glorifying all-stars and, and not glorifying their own national team. But, um, you know, if you look back at the two and you compare where we are from a point of indoor hockey development, um, how would you, how would you say we stack up now in 2021 compared to your 2015 and 2018 squads? So, Definitely from 2015, we are a long way from there. That was literally a, an RPT, put together a team to go to AFCON. We didn't really have much other. I know Ryan tried a lot with all the Durban guys. The team was predominantly Durban and based players. And so we used to train quite a bit together. But no, no we did, unfortunately, we didn't have any games, um, real testing games before going to World Cup. And so getting to World Cup, there was, I think, PG and Dale Isaacs that had experience. So it was a big eye-opener to the rest of us. And there was a lot learned there. Um, a few warm-up games before against some of the clubs across there, the German clubs, and it was a big eye-opener to us. Um, going on to the 2018 World Cup, I think we were definitely a lot more prepared. The PSR tournaments, although... You say the All-Stars were, you know, we, there was a bit of criticism about them being the big the big guns and everything else and no real recognition of the national team. It didn't bother me too much. The fact that we got to play games against all these top players was great. I mean, we were perceived as the underdogs and we were, and it was great. It was a good experience and a great opportunity. Any opportunity to play against some other international players is something we'll jump at. And that was really good for us. And I think that was that was something we needed, and we definitely grew with that. I think the caliber of players going that in the squad at the moment is really good, and I do think the team will be, whoever goes to the 2022 World Cup will be really competitive. I think we've got some really good goal scorers in the team now. Um, I do think having played the Swiss and hopefully there may be another series or two this year before World Cup that will go a long way to helping build the team and get, gaining some of that international experience. The best thing to do is get to World Cup before 
a week before and play some warm-up games against some other international teams and some of the top clubs in the countries. And that really just helps build the team together and show you some European-style hockey that you're really going to be having to play against. Yeah, and, and, and Justin, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, in terms of TMS, you're sitting on, I think it's 30 indoor hockey caps. And I mean, you've been playing for the country for almost a decade. Um, and But you've played more than 60 games for the country because obviously a lot of our all-star games were exhibition games. Um, you know, does that affect you at all as, as a player that uh, your caps are so low because they're not actually international caps? Oh, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, I'm not I'm not one to worry about that sort of thing. I prefer to just know that we've got a bit more experience. So cap or no cap, I'd rather just play a game to gain that experience. Um, ultimately, that's what we want at the end of the day, is to get that experience. So as long as we're getting to play as a team together against a competitive team, then that's great. We'll take that any day. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic to hear, Justin. And, and I mean, obviously, it's exactly what I do know about you uh, anyway. Uh, Rustin, you a little bit different from uh, Jethro and Justin. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I know I'm poking jokes at them, but I am older than both of them. So the jokes are aimed back at me. I'm, I'm already retired from hockey. See, that's the difference. So um, you, you got to play in PSI as a, a participant playing alongside the Griffins or, or for the Griffins in a very, very good team uh, that was uh, quite a, a dominant team back when you played. How, how much of an impact did that make on your development um, as an indoor hockey player? You know, I think, I think that's what started my indoor hockey career because I think before PSI, I actually didn't know much about indoor. I literally had a coach who was like, oh, Justin, do you play indoor? I was like, no. So, okay, well, now you're playing. And then to go to your PSI and have, what, almost a 1,000 kids watching, or like 500 kids watching a final or a semifinal is like my first sort of celebrity experience, we could say that, because you don't really get opportunities to play in front of a crowd that's so packed at a junior level in this country. And I think, yeah, in my under 18 year, we did have quite a dominant team for my both, both years. And just to experience playing a final uh, in both years and winning them was quite immense for me to actually say in my first year, Vitz, let me actually go play men's IPT. And I think that's where I actually got selected for that first PSI sort of exhibition games. Did, did uh, Rustin, talk us through that celebrity experience. Uh, were you getting recognized away from the field? <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely got some more followers off the PSI. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, funny enough, uh, I was graduating, I think, 2019. And one of the kids came up to me and was like, are you Russ Abrams? I've actually been watching you play indoor hockey for like the longest time. I was like, wow, this is quite intense. I didn't know that people are actually recognizing me outside of like off the field and stuff. So yeah, there is sort of a bit of celebrity experience. I'm sure Jed gets it a bit more than me though. <laughs> Do you, Jed? 
Uh, definitely not like getting uh, getting a player to come up to you and say, "Are you uh, Rustin Abrams or are you Jeff Reese?" Definitely not. Uh, Rusty gets a gets a handful at a time. I'm just there to smile and wave at the background, let the young boys run around with their Instagram and their TikToks and their their joyful situations while they're doing all the the celebrity status stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, Jethro, so uh, we've had two guests over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, it was Ryan Hack. And uh, followed by David Joshua. That was, of course, the transition between the two coaches. Uh, David Joshua originally, and uh, since then, Ryan has taken over. Uh, what has the transition been like? And, uh, yeah, what's it like playing under Ryan? Yeah, so firstly, I think David, yeah, giving compliments to him. I think he was incredible for us uh, for probably a year, if we could call it that, of September of 2019 when he took over and he took the side to that Swiss series. I think he started a really cool and interesting environment for this squad that we built on for a year. I think it's been, yeah, he's been pretty much instrumental in where this program is at the moment. Um, yeah. And it's a bit, yeah, I mean, obviously we don't need to go too much detail, but a bit sad that we couldn't, couldn't see him through and see what uh, that, that process is like. But again, with Ryan being assistant coach, he saw all of it, unfold over a year and, and in essence he's pretty much maybe slightly come in with his uh, flavor and, and his uh, ideas but not necessarily change the game plan and the process I think we've been incredible uh, from from pretty much September 2019 really getting the squad uh, in, a, in, a, in a good space um, when you look at the guys that got selected as uh, Tyron said earlier with missing uh, Jared Jones and, and Ryan Julius two uh, pretty important people in this in the setup uh, to gain two players that come in pretty much getting an opportunity that are probably chomping at the bit to just get on the field now to get their first caps. I think it's incredible that they have that opportunity. I don't think any coach previously would have given that uh, thought because, uh, yeah, I think this is this is exciting. So Ryan is really just built on from a very good uh, platform. I do think there's a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes that still need to tick some boxes. And, yeah, I think... Uh, He's a good man. He's great experience. I think he's been in the process since 2015, maybe even a little bit earlier than that. So I think he might have even played a few tests against Australia back in the day. So I think he's yeah, he's a, he's a good man for this role at this present moment. I think it's quite a nice group of players to take uh, SA hockey going forward. And uh, to be honest, he's he's got it all planned out, and he's exciting exciting for the squad. So we can't so yeah, we can't wait to get the guys together on on this weekend. We've got a camp starting. Friday, so I think uh, it's going to be a nice, uh, exciting plan for for the team while he gets everything else ticked and, and crossed off. I think he's yeah, setting us up for some history, you know. And, and no question, I, I can imagine that the the family environment that he's in with Cindy and Lenny involved, I'm sure that the wealth of knowledge that is in that household uh, to be able to take from that and bring it to to the field to the quarter, it, it can only bode well for the future. Yeah, I think we've we've seen it uh, actually for the last four or five years with the, with the Kazan Raiders, where they've been instrumental in getting the programs up and running to be where they were. I think obviously a few few provinces have now stepped up their their, their plans, um, but yeah, it's it's been incredible to see how the Raiders have like pretty much gone uh, gone and take indoor hockey to the next level. And now with them being in the national side, you can see that it's probably going to be a very similar situation. I think they, they, yeah, I think I can't imagine what dinners are like talking about indoor hockey 24-7, but yeah, I can imagine that's what that what tends to happen uh, at the dinner table there at the, the Hacks and the Boards' household. I mean, obviously, we, we, we're now looking forward, and, and next weekend is the African Indoor Cup. Uh, we will be taking on Botswana, who are 
largely an unknown quantity. I know, uh, Jeji, I think you played for one of the club sides against them when they were here two years ago. We don't really know how much they've worked uh, together, but uh, it is a, a team that is still very much in the early part of their progress in terms of in the hockey. And then we have Namibia, coached by Trevor Cormack, have been coached by Trevor Cormack for a few years now. It is a very, very good squad. And undoubtedly, it is a better team than the team you played in uh, 2017. Um you know, you guys must be pretty impressed with the progress of, of Namibia. And, and of course, a lot of you have got to play Namibia at a provincial level with your provinces in recent years. Um, and were robbed of the opportunity of playing them last year by COVID. But what are your thoughts on the, the Namibian setup? And, and Rasta, maybe we start with you. Yeah, funny enough, I've been having a lot of conversations with Liam. And he thinks this is their best um, opportunity to qualify. So... Looking at it, looking back, I was speaking to Chet and I think Keegan at the time when we saw their sort of setup during the AFCON 2017 and we literally said in three or four years time, these kids are going to be their superstars and currently now it's three, four years time and there's the kids that you can see are sort of itching to, to cause an upset. So I think it's going to be a real tough qualifier. But I think we can still, you know, Take it. Yeah, absolutely, Justin. I mean, uh, obviously, a little bit. Uh, you you wouldn't have seen as much of them as uh, you know, Rustin and Jethro have with the guys here in South Africa. I mean, Rustin plays along uh, alongside Liam, or plays against Bryn Cleek here in Southerns. But uh, a lot of those guys were the core of the squad that uh, you played against in 2017. Liam Amanis, DJ Strauss, Ernst Jacobs, Bryn Cleek. Um, and uh, obviously they've got the Hanson brothers who are incredibly exciting, Cody, Fanimeva. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on on the Namibians? Yeah, I mean, I don't like to focus too much on the opposition, if I'm honest, Chubbs. Um, You know, we've, we've played them over the last three Africa qualifiers, and we've made sure we deliver the goods, and I think the same is going to happen this time around. Plays them out in the, suss them out in the first few games, and hopefully get to them in the cross pool of the final, then we, we deal with it then. And I, I back our, our guys. I think you've got incredible talent as well. And I think we can match that and hopefully better them. Now, now what you guys don't know is that Derek was actually born in Namibia. Um, but he has a South African passport. So, so Derek, is it a Protea <laughs> or is it a Eagle? On an uh, Eagle. Uh, no, 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 100% protea, 100% protea. Uh, Namibia is lovely. Sokobun serves the, the most amazing beer in history. Uh, you know, it's interesting, guys. Uh, you'll appreciate this story. So I, I, I mean, I obviously go back to Namibia quite a bit, and uh, we used to do a lot of Dakar testing over there. So the, the one day I was actually extremely hungover after nights out in Joburg, and I'm, I'm at the airport at Volfus Bay and standing in the queue, and the next thing, there is this British backpacker in front of me, this short little guy. And uh, I start chatting to him. And uh, so, you know, first time in, in Namibia, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you been here before? It's a really cool place. Uh, what do you got planned? He goes, no, just going to have a look around. So I said, look, do you, do you want to lift anywhere? I've got some people pick me up. He goes, no, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. So we get through and, and I walk through passport control. And this elderly lady comes over to me and she goes, oh, could, could I please have your autograph? 
So I said, geez, I, I didn't even get that in South Africa. And she goes, oh, South Africa. Now I'm not looking for you, but the wrong person. And she, she disappears. And I'm looking around. I thought, I wonder who she could be. Next thing I see the, the backpacker that I was chatting to getting spritzed in the face. He had his own entourage for heat. They're literally spritzing him in the face. It turned out it was Tom Hardy. who was starring. He was shooting uh, Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all the lady thought you were the superstar tom hardy that is an incredible story that's a great claim to fame that's that's a compliment. A i think i think him and i were the only two people under 40 uh, at the time <laughs> on the plane. so she just <laughs> she edged a bit but uh no it, it, it's a beautiful country i love it to bits but no I, I, i'll root for you guys always <laughs> so i mean and and Derek, uh, that's not the only, I mean, just because this is, is riveting, Derek has also been mistaken for someone else. Uh, when he was in India with the South African cricket team, he decided to crash a wedding or he was staying in the same hotel as uh, as the uh, SA cricket team. And so, no. yeah, you no, tell you, your own story. Yeah, you, you, know, uh, you know what actually happened. So, so a few times. So we talk about India. And I don't know why suddenly I'm telling stories about my life, but um, we're there with the, the cricketers and uh, the, the media in India don't have any access to players whatsoever, as in like absolutely none. So they take what they can get outside of press conferences. And in this case, it was a South African broadcaster that used me every evening for, for live, um, uh, a live debate uh, outside the hotel. And I was staying in the same hotel as the Proteas and the Indian players. So every evening knock on my door, I'd meet them outside, we'd do about a 10-minute debate on live TV, the monitor's there, the light's there, so I mean, if you're driving past, you'd see something is happening, and uh, finished the one evening, and I see at the corner of my eye, these cars pulling over, and the next thing, there's a queue of like 20 people, and uh, it's pretty much dads and, and their kids, and they go, hello, can, could we have some autographs, so I said, no, no, I'm, I'm not a player, they go, no, but you are, so I said, no, I'm not, and they point to the monitor, and the strap was still there during, from the interview. And the strap said, Derek Albert's Proteus cricketer. So they just make it up. And they just hope, <laughs> oh, well, you won't see it. And if anyone finds out, I will just apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then the last, in terms of being recognized, uh, I think this is what Ty was getting to. Uh, the one day I'd just come back from Dakar. So I had been in the sun for, what, two, three weeks. I hadn't shaved. I've got a terrible beard. It gets very scraggy. And I uh, was standing in the queue at a spa, and uh, there's this guy next to me, and he couldn't stop staring. And I said, so, it felt awkward. And uh, I said, can I help you? And he goes, geez, you, you are like my all-time favorite cricketer. I said, Am I? He goes, yes, you are, Mr. Freedy. Thought I was Shahida. Back you, Ty. Sorry, I'm just uh, recomposing. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we talk about Derek Moonlighting, but but the reason why I, I wanted to go this way, firstly, because it's funny for the listeners and, and for you guys, but also uh, I know that you guys all have some talents in other sports as well. Um, so, you know, we know that uh, Jethro is an underwater hockey player too, because anything to do with hockey, he'll do. But uh, what other sports sits high up? I mean, it doesn't have to be a South African sport but what other sports sits high up on the list for you guys uh rusty you were ready to answer that straight away <laughs> um yeah i was a bit of a cricketer in my youth um wouldn't say i was 
fairly good, but I could, um, you know, make a, a solid 15 runs when I needed to. That's pretty um, good. It's great when you're not <laughs> opening. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was more at the end, like a seven, seven, eighth batsman, you know, just to get some runs, make it a bit harder for the opposition. Yeah, yeah. So I, I also used to bat at eight or nine sometimes. So people are like, oh, so you were a bowler? I was like, no, I was a batsman. <laughs> I was more of a fielder. So. <laughs> yeah, selected. I was selected because I could take catches. <laughs> uh, just. No, James, I've, I've only ever been a hockey player. Um, I play a bit of squash as well. And I've actually played a lot more squash more recently as uh, more as a tool to get. Or hockey, <laughs> squash is a bit more popular in Malawi than hockey is. So, is there a bit of squash? Yeah, I, I play. I play a hell of a lot of squash, and uh, I, I'm easily for, for the amount of squash that I play. I'm I'm the crappiest squash player in history. I play. <laughs> I challenge so, you there, Derek. Yes, I play so much, and I just get worse. I I, I don't know. Actually, no. Golf rivals that in terms of the amount I play. The the ratio to Practice makes perfect is completely, it's the opposite for me. No, Derek, that's because, that's because you only practice on majestic golf courses. This is your problem. Yeah, you need to go enough. practice on some cabbage patches or at a driving range. Yeah, no, good point. <laughs> but you guys play, you guys tend to play a lot of golf. So I can imagine the courses that you guys have played on. So Ty, I see what you're saying. You play on the best courses. How can you get your golf? No, no, better? I mean, Derek, Derek, plays on, Derek plays on, on like Serengeti where, even when you hit the rough, it's like giving you a ankle massage as you walk through it. <laughs> Whereas, you know, when I grew up, I'd play at like ELPM where if you go into the rough, you had to take your knife with you just in case someone was there. And um, that's, that's unfair to ELPM. But uh, Jed, Jed, any other sport that uh, is on yours? I mean, I think there's a Crick Info profile for you. There's a World Squash profile. And... <laughs> okay, actually, on that note, I'm actually signing up for the African Paddle paddle tennis i think yeah yeah, tennis, yeah world world uh, qualifiers world cup qualifiers in 2024 i think it is so there's a bit of progression needed there so that's what i'm doing asaka have come out with an incredible paddle that everybody should buy just hint hint wink wink for those that want to join the sport but yeah i was a cricketer at Thai. um yeah i played uh, provincial cricket under 19s uh, didn't get a chance to play for inland at all but i went to a couple of sessions where tim drummond and his uh entourage of serious cricketers played a little bit better than what I could and yeah at least I watched and scored a few couple of his matches so yeah I, that's as far as I got to the cricket days but yeah played uh, played in yeah best as I could I suppose provincial and 19. Uh, awesome stuff so before we get to the one question quiz obviously the African Indoor Cup it's taking place in Durban 15th to 18th of April uh, waiting for the final fixtures and then we will share them on Hockey the Magazine um, as well as Raider Media um, as it stands, due to government regulations, it is a sporting event, so there will not be crowds allowed. Uh, that must be a little bit weird. I, I, and, and I know some people are going, it's hockey, we don't get crowds ever. But we would get a crowd for the African Cup. You got a crowd for Switzerland. You know, indoor hockey is popular enough to get crowds when you play for your national team. Just It, it must be just a little bit weird playing such big games in front of empty stadiums definitely um i think the going back the last two uh, 
qualifiers were in Namibia and we were at a disadvantage playing there. I think playing in your home crowd, your home turf is always an advantage. So we've got the court for ourselves, but having the, the crowd there would also have been a, a nice big advantage for us and great, great support. So it is a bit unfortunate, but circumstances and yeah, taking it on stride, I suppose. Yeah, so as it stands, uh, no crowds will be allowed. I, it is unlikely to change before that. We do know that an announcement on who will be streaming, it should it be streamed, will be made in the week. Uh, we will be there, uh, both Derek and myself, awesome. either either to do some commentary or to do some podcasting or to just come and have a golf weekend. Not sure just yet what it is, but we'll let we'll let you know. But before we let you go, um, it is it is getting late and. Uh, you know, Rustin doesn't need it as much as the rest of us, but beauty sleep is important. Rustin's uh, going out now. This is uh, <laughs> the day's starting. Yeah, Rustin's <laughs> like, if I get out before <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> um, but it's time for the one question quiz, and I'm going to be doing it a little bit different tonight. Live in the moment till I die. All right, so usually what happens is each of you would get one question, but tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask all three of you the same question, and whoever gets closest to the actual answer, they will win. Okay, so that you'll be correct. Even if you are incorrect, you will win the one question quiz. So one winner, two not winners, just like the African Cup. So let's see which one of you will be the Blitzstocks and be the winner tonight. Your question is, the Blitzstocks have competed at four Indoor Hockey World Cups so far. I just want to know how many Indoor Hockey World Cup goals have the Blitzstocks scored over those four? And as soon as you're ready to lock in your guess, you can say your name and your guess. What a question. I feel like Jason has an unfair advantage here. I mean, he's been to two, two of them. Of them. <laughs> I can't remember that far back, Rustin. I'm going to test this out here. I'll go, I think it would be a max of 30, I would say. Max of 30. Okay, Jethro's going with 30. I'm going to go with 25. 25? Ooh, that's sounding possible with the 25 from Tyron there. Eh? I think I'm going to go snap <laughs> bang in, in the middle, middle there. Yeah. 27, let's get it. <laughs> sure. Guys, um, you're making me doubt my own maths, yeah? So now, just, just, just to... <laughs> you, guys <are> not <laughs> you guys are not very confident about what you did. Um, oh, that's I'm just saying it's 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 up at now just to verify it. So when we went to the World Cup in Berlin, we scored three against Austria, one against Switzerland, three against Ireland or sorry, Iran. IRR. Iran. So that's four, that's seven, two against Belgium, that's nine, six against Kazakhstan. That's 15 just in 2018. So I'm going to let you have one more guess each because you're being very pessimistic. And no one was close enough that I could say, yeah, you've won it. So we go around one more time. Rusty tested up for the first round. 
Uh, I'm gonna go with a solid 43. Okay, locked in. I'm gonna go with 48. Okay. I'll just go 50 on the dot, so then I cover the faces <laughs> more. Yeah. All right. So, it is in fact Jethro that will take home the title because we have scored 63 goals so far. Jeepers. Jeez. So. At 2022, we will take that number to 100 with another 37, 17 from Chad, which is right bicep, and another six from his <laughs> left. And I, gents, uh, I know we, we recorded quite late, but uh, thank you for joining us. Good luck for camp. Stay fit, stay healthy, and uh, obviously, more important, go out there and make your country proud uh, next weekend. Awesome. So incredible. Thanks, Ta- Thanks, Derek. And you guys are incredible. Thanks, uh, Just and Rusty, for joining us at late hours of the evening. But yeah, you guys are incredible. Thank you for keeping hockey uh, in the loop with everybody in the world. And yeah, we'll yep. see you guys at uh, in in what's it, Thomas More? Durban? Yeah. Yeah. I think Just so. I was going to let you know. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks. Uh, great having you on the show, as always. And we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Cheers. All right, that was it, uh, ladies and gents. That's the African Indoor Cup next weekend. Uh, We will give you all the updates on our social media channels. So uh, make sure you are following, supporting both the Blitzstocks, backed by Tops at Spa, and of course the Spa South Africa Indoor Hockey ladies as they look to book themselves a place in Belgium. See you then. Cheers.